chapter number three. Actually, I actually had to go read my wife's text before I even came up here to make sure I made all the announcements I was supposed to. Second Timothy chapter number three. I'm going to be reading. That's this right here. I'm going to be reading verse number 13. 2 Timothy 3, 13 and 14. Once again, I hope you have your word, copy of the Word of God. If you own one, I encourage you to bring it. If not, and you say you got somebody to sign you, hey, share your Bible with them. That would be awesome too. 2 Timothy 3, 13 and 14 says this, But even men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. I'm going to read it one more time. But even men, just in case you don't have a copy of the Word of God and you don't know, it is written on top of your handout so you can read it there. Verse 13, But even men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Let's pray and then we're going to jump into this. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity we have to come together once again as a youth group, Lord, and have fun. Lord, I thank you that for the game we play, Lord, and Lord, I thank you for just a good group of young people. But God, I ask you to help us now as we look at your word, Lord, as we near to the end of Paul's book here to Timothy. God, would you help us to still grasp the concepts we need? God, would you work in our hearts tonight? Lord, I pray that you would only have me say what you'd want me to say, God, and I wouldn't add or take away anything from what you'd have these young people to hear. Lord, I need your help, and Lord, we need you to work in our lives, and that your word would not return void as you promised. Thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. As you look at Timothy, last week we looked at Paul talking about persecution is going to come. We talked about what persecution was. And the question I want to ask you guys tonight is, have you ever felt overwhelmed? Overwhelmed. Some of us, some of us do feel that way, but I know some of you superheroes never feel that way. But I was just got off the phone. Um, Rachel was standing outside my office, and I was on the phone, and I kept holding up the one finger because I thought it was going to be a conversation that wasn't going to last a long time. And I was on the phone with a friend of mine who's overwhelmed. He's like, Aaron, how in the world? You know what, sometimes he's like, do you want to hear the good version or the, you want me to just sugarcoat how I feel right now? And he was overwhelmed. I look at my week this week, I'm kind of overwhelmed. I got my first wedding due on Saturday. I got a session in East Triumphant that I promised him I'd do on Saturday. I have to preach it. I'm going to preach the youth service, and then I have Sunday school in the morning. We have a snack that night, along with the youth service. And I look at my schedule, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, and the church website that Pastor Ferguson put me in charge of is going to be up, need to be up by Saturday. So I, I'm like looking at everything thinking, like, man, if I can just, like, juggle this and juggle that, and I feel overwhelmed. I can imagine Timothy, by the time he gets to this part of the letter, has been reading at the beginning of the letter. Timothy's like, man, I'm afraid of a few things. Paul says, hey, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the power and the love and the sound mind. Okay, I'm not scared anymore. Okay, I'm not. I know that. Hey, Timothy, you have to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that war has entangled himself with the fear of this world. Okay, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm, I'm a soldier for the Lord. Hey, Timothy, there's going to be some false teachers that are come through, and they're going to start spreading false teaching all over the church. You need to avoid vain babblings. Okay, okay, I got that. Soldier, do not. All right, I'm vain valley. We're going to get those false teachers out. Timothy, I'm just going to let you know in the last days, perilous times are going to come. And then they're going to be lovers of their own self, boasters, proud, covetous, this whole list. And I can imagine that as Timothy comes to this part of the thing, he's just like, Paul, 
Okay, yeah, last verse. All of godly shall suffer persecution, so I understand that's going to come. It's like, wow, how am I going to live this Christian life? And if you're not careful, sometimes you will look at the Christian life we're called to live as a Christian teenager and say, you know what? I really do desire to live for God. I really do. I want to. But sometimes it's overwhelming. Man, I got all these things that I got to make sure I'm dressed right. I got to make sure I talk right. I got to make sure I look right. I got to make sure that I'm not listening to anything that'll hurt me. No, sometimes you, when you, just like Paul and Timothy, hey, there's a whole bunch of things you need to know. And sometimes you look at it and it's like, wow, did I take a breath? There's so many things that I have to get done to be in this Christian life. And this right here, tonight, this like I tell you every week, but this tonight's more especially so, is the best passage for it. Because when we look at it, it was like, man, Timothy, I've given you all these things. And just as you look at the title of your head, we said this whole study of Second Timothy is about continuing. How do I continue? How do I carry this burden of trying to live a Christian life, of trying to be the Christian teenager? For me, trying to be the dad that I'm supposed to be, trying to be the youth pastor I'm supposed to be. And with all these things down to me, how do I do it? And Paul tells us, tells Timothy, it's almost like he brings the whole thing to him. A close right here. This is where the point of the arrow comes. Timothy, you're going to have to continue. And as we look at this passage tonight, I'm not going to lie. I know I may say it every week. I'm excited about the passage because I'm like, wow, God's word doesn't get any clearer and plainer than what it is right here and how we ought to live this life. So we go through. He says, number one, it's the warning on your handout. The warning. He says, but even men who do so shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. He says there's some people, the first point there, the people are evil men and seducers. The people that we should be worried about are the evil men and seducers. Evil men mean hurtful, men that are hurtful and affect your influence. Evil men. So he first talks about evil men. We would know. This is talking about people with bad influence. This word is also used for the devil over and over and over again. He says there's people that will be evil that have a terrible influence. I can go through lists. You can think about it in your own mind. Of people that have a terrible influence. I can think of people right now that are on television that probably, I hope that you don't watch their shows or you don't do those things that around these people, but they have a terrible influence on people. I think I told you guys this before. When I was doing um, Bible clubs, that an eight-year-old boy told me he wanted to be, I said, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, you're thinking, fireman, policeman, I'm going to do all these things. And he looks at me dead serious. I want to be a pimp. I was like, what? He's like, I want, I want to pretty much have prostitute women work for me as an eight-year-old boy. He says, that's what his goal in life. Can I tell you? It broke my heart. Because you know what? There's some evil men that have influence on this young man. The Bible says, Timothy, in the last days... Perilous times are going to come. It goes and gives us a list. And now he says, Timothy, I'm not trying to overwhelm you. But evil men, people with rotten influences, are going to be taken over. It's going to get worse and worse. He goes on and says, seducers. Seducers are this. An imposter. A person who assumes a character for the purpose of deception. So, so he said there's going to be evil men 
and they are seducers. An imposter, a person who assumes a character for the purpose of deception. To illustrate what a seducer is, I am going to use myself in a different context. Totally different from being in the ministry. When I was younger, when my brother, of course you guys, most of you guys know my brother's 10 years, I have a brother's 10 years younger than me. So when me and my brother were like 15 to 16 years old, Anton is like five or six, and we were home by ourselves. My mom wasn't there, and we were playing a video game, all sitting around our little tiny TV in our room, all like trying to see like this little thing. And you guys complain because you got like 40 or 60. Well, my TV's too small. I can't see my character. And we're like around this like 12 inch TV, like trying to play. But I remember my brother got, um, my little brother got mad, and he was still five and six. So he was little, and his response to getting angry at us was to bite. So like, I'm playing something. And he just bit into my arm. And he was like, oh, he just bit into my arm. And I remember it made me mad as anything. But me and my brother were best friends when he was little. So I was like, I'm not going to do anything. But then the idea popped into my mind. The seducer idea. Bad idea. But it popped in my mind, and I thought, you know what, we're going to play with this. And Adrian, being a great brother, just jumped right in with it. And I was like, man, you can't bite me like that. I can get rabies. And he, and he looked at me in the fire and he was like, you can't get rabies. And I was like, yeah, you can. The bites like that, that hurt. And so then I was like, ah, well, you don't have to worry about it, Anton, because if you got rabies, you would fall on the floor laughing with nothing being funny. Like, no one said anything, you just would fall on the floor and start laughing. And he was like, yeah, that's like the top symptom of rabies. You like dropping the floor and start laughing. So we're playing the game a little bit. And all of a sudden, I just drop on the floor. Just grab my stomach, <laughs> and I just start laughing. And Anton's face is like freezing. He's like, no. And Abe was like, you did give him rabies. And he's like, uh, my father, but he's like freaking out. He's like, Aaron, get up. Stop laughing. Nothing's funny. Get up, man, get up. And then, uh, well, then, I, then I, of course, start laughing harder because I think it's hilarious. And then I get up and I'm like, don't worry, Anton. I don't have rabies. So I get up, and then we play a little bit longer. And then Adrian comes up and he says, Anton, he doesn't have rabies, because if he had rabies, he'd go sit in the, what our family, we call a den. He's like, he'd be sitting in the den watching television with nothing on. Like, he would look at the TV with no, nothing on the television and act like he's watching something. And so I, later, of course, we're playing the game a little bit more. Like, I go to the bathroom real quick, and so I kind of sneak out of the room. Anton waits. They pause the game. Anton's waiting. Then I, like, go, of course, go in the family room, sit in and watch TV, leave it off. Go, go, yes, score, yes, that's awesome. And Anton hears me yelling, so he peeks around. Aaron, what's going on? Aaron, this is a great game. You don't see this? This is awesome. We're winning. Aaron, there's nothing on TV. Aaron, the TV's off. No, we don't understand. We're getting it. We're winning right now. We can score this basket. Aaron, please. Aaron, stop. It's, it's, the TV's not on. And he starts freaking out, and he's like crying. <laughs> And then Adrian walked by and said, I told you he had rabies. And so then, of course, and then like, after a while I started laughing, I'm like, just kidding, Anton. And then we have to do it one more time. So we say, Anton, really, if you have rabies, you would go to a computer and sit down, the computer's not on, and you just start typing. And just act like you're like working on something. And so I walk into the other room where our computer is and, of course, start doing that. And this time, Anton's just freaking out. He's going crazy. Aaron, stop! He's grabbed my arm. He's crying. And then my mom opens the door. And my mom, she runs in. Anton runs and grabs him. Oh, my God, Aaron, ladies. He's, he's doing all kinds of crazy things. He's just rolling on the floor laughing. He's 
watching TV with nothing wrong. He's reading the computer. And my mom walked into the room. And all of a sudden, I really laughed. Like, <laughs> it wasn't as funny anymore. I, remember, I forgot what the punishment but I do remember it was bad. Like, <laughs> we got in huge trouble. But when we look at the word seducer, what a seducer is is a person who takes on a role to deceive. Now, I would hope that at our age that no one in here would fall for it. But Paul tells Timothy here, there are going to be people in this world that are going to desire to play a part to make you believe something. Now listen to this because I want you to get this. There are people on television that play a part to get you to believe that their life is something. There are musicians, artists, Whatever, they play a part. And see, Paul's writing to Timothy and saying, hey, there's going to be evil men, men with bad influences, and people that are seducing. They're going to play a part. And I would hope to say that you would not look at that and say, oh, without anything, I would never fall for it. But the devil has so many tricks that he's giving us to fall for left and right. And Paul says, Timothy, I'm just telling you, evil men and seducers, imposters, people that will make you believe that what you're doing is correct. People that make you believe that if you drink alcohol like the people on the commercial, your life will be successful. You'll, you'll have a good time. Hey, if you get involved with drugs, then, man, you're missing out. And see, we would say, no, I would never believe something stupid as that lady saying that Anton, he was five years old. But we believe so many other things. And Paul's telling Timothy, hey, I just want you to know there's a warning. Evil men and seducers, and he goes on, he says, the progression are going to wax worse and worse. That's such an encouragement, isn't it? It's a blessed part of Scripture that evil men and seducers are going to get worse. You know that one day, like even right now, sometimes you guys sit down and you're like, well, our generation is different than any other generation because you've been told that by everybody. And you're like, well, our generation has harder things to deal with than the other generation. You know that one day, if the Lord blesses you with kids, your kids, you're going to walk into the room and say, hey, you shouldn't do that. And they're going to say, well, Dad, well, Mom, you don't understand. Our generation has it way worse than your generation ever had it. You know what their kids are going to say to them? Dad, you don't understand. You don't even understand what it is. And whatever they have that data entered equals the Internet or cell phones or whatever is a problem in their day. They're going to say, you don't understand because we have it way more. You know what Paul said a long time ago, like thousands of years ago? Evil men and seducers are going to wax. They're going to increase more and more. So guess what? I'm going to tell you, yes, my generation had it bad, your generation's going to have it bad, the generation after you is going to have it bad, Paul's already wrote it down. They're going to wax worse and worse. It's a progression. It goes on. Uh, the wax worse means proceed to the worst. Proceed to the worst. And he says, their practice. Their practice is this, deceiving and being deceived. Deceiving is the cause to roam from safety. To cause to roam from safety. This is the middle of what the word deceiving means. In Joshua, I believe, it's, I want to say it's Joshua chapter number 8. In Joshua, when you read, we're talking about the word deceiving, perfect illustration. In Joshua, you know the story of Joshua and Ai? What happens in the story of Joshua and Ai? Joshua goes in, what happens? You Bible scholars. Josh. They do. Yep, because they can send and 35 people get destroyed. I mean, get their lives taken away because they went in, they followed in, they can't send. 
if you read the rest of this, the next part of the story, it's this. God gets, they get everything right, God clears out the evil, and Joshua goes to attack Ai. And the Bible says that how they're going to attack Ai is Joshua sends 30,000 men behind Ai. And he says, this is what I want you to do. At night, you guys, guys all sit up behind Ai. We're going to go down into the valley right in front of Ai, me and a few men, and we're going to camp. And I want the men of Ai to see us. And the Bible says that's what they did. So 30,000 as a valiant men went to the back and hid behind Ai. And Joshua and his men parked right in front of Ai. They get down in the valley, the Bible says, and they pitched their tents that night so that when the Ai people of Ai see it, they've already won the victory once. So they look at Joshua sitting right there in the valley, and they're like, the Bible says, they rise up early in the morning. You can almost see the Ai king going, yes, we're going to get their beat up. Jericho couldn't do it, but we're going to do it. And he get, the Bible says he gets all his men, and they charge out the front gate of Ai. And they chase Joshua. We're going to get him this time. The Bible says that Joshua would be in the fight, but then they feigned, they acted as if they were losing. They started to go, retreat, retreat. The men of Ai, deceived, to call someone to run away, Joshua turns around and starts running. The men of Ai, the Bible says, every man left the city. So this is it. They all see the opportunity. Oh, wow, Jericho couldn't do it. We're going to take down those Israelites. And the Bible says every man. So you can even picture it. Like, boys, like 15, 16 years old. Yes, let's go get Joshua, old men. I'm going to get my chance. We're going to get them. And the Bible says every single man in, in AI runs out to get Joshua. And the Bible says as soon as they got, the, the Lord told Joshua to go ahead and hold up his spear. And as soon as he did, the 30,000 men behind AI come from the back. The guys from AI don't even know this. They come in the back, they go into the city, and the Bible says they burn the city. As the Bible says the men of AI, it's almost like they're like, hey, you smell something burning, man? No, chase, go, fight. And the Bible says they looked at the city and their hearts sank because they had been what? Deceived. And the Bible says the men came out of the city, Joshua and his men turned around, and they destroyed Ai. See, the Bible says evil men shall act worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So the devil, to get in your life, he doesn't have to get you to do something big. All he does have to cause you to roam away. Run off the place where you're supposed to be. I guarantee you there are some men that were supposed to be watching Ai. But everybody, hey, we got this, we got this, we can take them out. And they all clear out the door. They left their eyes wide open. And Paul says, evil men and seducers, what their job is, is to cause you to roam. Hey, this isn't that bad. You know what? I would never do this. The devil doesn't care. All he wants to do is say, just come this way just a little bit. Just come outside the city a little bit. Come here, come here, come on, come on. And when he does it, he comes in and he runs back to life. The Bible says, Paul says, Timothy, I just want to warn you, evil men, men with bad influences, are going to try to influence you for the wrong. And seducers, people that are going to try to imposter, they're going to come in your life and deceive you to who you think they are doing what is right. They said, they're going to rise worse and worse. They're going to get bad. And they're deceiving and then being deceived. You want me to tell you what... The biggest part about deceit, there's a lot of you, when I experience the same thing, when you've been told that 
someone's a deceiver, in our minds we all automatically picture them as some kind of bad person. Oh man, I remember hearing, I remember when I grew up, everybody preached the internet was bad. And you guys know me, I'm, I like the internet. If I, I'm, before I get my water cut on, I want to turn the internet on. Forget that, I can get the neighbor for water. Yeah, I can't get him if he has a password on his internet. I can't get that. But, but I remember everybody preaching internet was wrong. You know what? As I got older, I thought, whoa. I got to be 20, 21, got my own computer, got my own house. This isn't that bad. They don't even know what they're talking about. Yeah, they, don't, they didn't. Because in my mind, all I'm thinking is, internet's bad. When I click on, when I hit... Enter on my computer, all of a sudden all this filthiness is going to just come up. But that's not what it did. And so you know what? I was deceived by people that were being deceived themselves. So, see, I thought, man, this is, this is great. And so I start going and doing this. Oh, man, I love computers. I, I do that, and all of a sudden I come a nerd, and then I find out, hey, what did I, I worded that all wrong. But... <laughs> But I started to look at it and I thought, started to think, you know what? I started to find things that, hey, if I'm checked, this would cause me serious problems in my life. So, yeah, they were right. But see, all those people that were trying to destroy my life and destroy your life, you know what, they're deceived too. A person that believes evolution, you sometimes we pick a picture in our mind, almost like a scientist or someone who believes evolution. And it's almost like they go back, we have them pictured, at least me, sometimes go back to their little lab. And they're like, ha, 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 I have some more children that believe evolution. And then we just think that, oh, well, they're deceived. They, they, they're just trying to deceive our children by teaching them evolution. But no, they're deceived themselves. And it says they're deceiving and being deceived. So here's the warning. And we go on to number, the uh, second thing there, the way. So how do I stay? How do I live this Christian life? How do I be the Christian God wants me to do? And I want you to know this, guys. This, these three things are key. They will help you in every decision you have to make in your life. This is not something I just want you to hear this Wednesday and then put away. I want you to take this with you the rest of your life. The three things. How do I live the Christian life right here? Here's the way. Number one, I'm going to continue. It means to stay, to remain. It means to stay, remain. I know a lot of times when we see continue, we think this means go, go, go. But continue means stay, stay, stay. It almost has the idea of probably like when we were growing up, we had dogs that would run away. Probably we treat them right. But they would run away and we would put fences around the yard. Electric fences. Turn up the voltage so the dog didn't run. But we had these fences. Why? Because if we didn't, every other dog we had, so we got the gate, he'd run away and we'd never see that dog again. And so, what we did was, we had it so he would stay with me. This is what Paul's saying. Timothy, it's time for you to stay, continue, remain where you're at. He says, this is how you're going to do it. Um, Number one, continue in what? Number one, lessons learned. Lessons learned. So he says, this is what I want you to continue in. The lesson you have learned. Learn to gain means to gain knowledge of. I remember one day we were watching my dad, when he didn't go to church, sometimes on Sunday mornings he'd have on some 
some TV preacher. And you know what? We're independent fundamental Baptists. Everybody on TV that preaches is, of course, of the devil. And they don't know anything about the Bible. So I remember walking in there, and my dad was watching this some preacher. I don't even know who it was, but he was saying, and I'm learning great things from that man. And I said, well, because, number one, he's laying down in his pajamas watching television. I'm like, watching guys preach on TV. I was like, Dad, you're not learning anything from that guy. And I remember my dad, like, and I probably was having an attitude I should not have had. But he said, Aaron, you look at me. He's like, you can learn from anybody. He said, it may not be what you should do, but you can learn a lesson from anybody. And I remember thinking, like, I walked out of his room. Pff, whatever. You can't learn from heretics like that. You can't learn from this. You can't learn from that. But, you know, as I get older, I've learned that you can't learn from anybody. If I right now take a fork and stick it in that light socket, and you watch me, you guys watch me, and it's on CNN tomorrow, dumb youth pastor sticks a fork and a light socket and flies right in front of his youth group. You know what you can take away? You can learn from me. I'm not saying you're not. I hope you don't learn that. <laughs> he just did it wrong. If you do it this way, I hope that's not what you learn. I would hope that what you would learn is, you know what? First, Pastor Burton's, um, that's one, an idiot. So, <laughs> and, pa- and Pastor Burton doesn't understand. But I would hope that you would learn, hey, in my life, I will never, I'm going to make a vow, never walk to a light socket with a fork and shove it in there. Because I have learned what not to do. You know what? There's a lot of things. Paul tells Timothy, I want you, number one, the way you're going to continue doing the lessons you've learned you're going to continue in those things. You know what? I would hope at Trinity Baptist Church you guys have learned some great things. I hope at your school, if you go to Christian school, and they've taught you some things, that you've learned some great Bible truths. And you know what? If this is the Bible, I want you to run with it, and I want you to continue it. You need to stay right there. But then, you know what else we need to learn from? Some of you guys know of people that have made mistakes and just ruined their life. Just did things that are dumb. You know what? Paul tells Timothy, hey, you need to continue the things that you have learned. Hey, if you learn the word of God, you know it to be true. You continue it. The lessons, other lessons, you've watched other people fall. So why would you do the same thing? Why, why would you do it? He says, number one, you learn from the lessons that you get. Learn. Get knowledge. Okay. This person decided to do this with their life, and their life didn't work out. I think I'll stick with the Word of God. Well, this person did this, and you know what? It didn't work. But you know what? Sometimes it's just, this person did this, and it worked. They have a happy marriage. These people, I've been listening to a lot of messages for teenagers, because I'm just trying to just listen so I can share them with you guys once I get them. And I've been listening to a lot of preachers who talk about dating. I don't know why. Some of my teens and you got to preach on dating or something. So it was Will Gawkin, I think. And Will Gawkin was talking about how he made a thing with him and his wife that he wanted his first kiss to be the day they got married. And he said, you know what? I'm going to, that's what we're going to do. And you know what? They did it. And you know what? In your life, you can find out that, hey, some people, a lesson I can learn is he decided to do this and he has a great marriage. Man, he decided to, they decided to do this, and I'm going to learn from that. Or they did this, and it didn't work. Number one, just like I said, I want you to take it to your life. Learn lessons, and make sure you apply them to your life. Timothy, continue down the thing which thou hast learned. Secondly, assured of. Thing that you're assured of. Lessons assured, yes. 
assured, reliable, established, steadfast. So not only things that I've learned, but then he says, I want you to do things that are assured, that you know to work. You know what? There are some things in my life that I know work. Number one, without, I mean, just being spiritual, this book right here works. I understand. It's been assured. I have had numbers of times in my life where I've had needed and I've obeyed what God's really told me and it proves profitable in my life. It's assured. But you know what? As I go through my life, I always need to be looking for what the outcome is going to be. This is where teenagers, this is where sometimes we fail as young people. I look at right now, I don't look at what's assured. I do not know if this works. As a teenager, there's a lot of things that you're curious about. But if I try this, if I go here, if I do this, you know what? I'm just going to try and see. Paul says, Timothy, I want you to understand the lessons learned, but I want you to continue the things that you're assured of. So I want you to stay, remain until you're assured that it's going to work. You know what? There's a lot of things that we look at that I that aren't sure. People tell me all the time. Well, it's funny when I went to Pensacola Honda. Well, the guy that worked there, who was a salesman, and he told me about how well he did as a salesman and all this, and he told me about all these things he got. Well, one day when I was, I went back to detail cars, he came back and he showed me this coin. He was like, Aaron, I'm just letting you know that I am just trying to introduce you, just trying to tell just the people I'm close to about these coins. You know what, Aaron? People are making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year selling these coins. I was like, whoa, okay, what kind of coin is that? He's like, well, these are, and he started telling me what kind of coins they were. And I'm telling you right now, if you just want to invest, and I forgot he told me the amount of money, he was like, if you just invest it, you just jump into the rest of it instead of making hundreds and thousands of dollars a month, I mean a year, on these coins. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm missing out. All right, those coins. Of course, I'm looking at it skeptically, but I'm like thinking in my mind, if I did start, of course, when everybody people start telling you, still start thinking in your mind, like, if I was making $100,000 a year, like in my little mind, in the two seconds, like, I see my driving up my, my Aston Martin. <laughs> I got all this from selling these coins. You can join today. And I pull into my garage, and I'm thinking, like, man, as he's talking. And then as he keeps talking, he's like, I just got into this. And then he, I was like, all right, well, you can email me the information. Gave him some bogus email address. So if I ever give you trash at AaronBurton.me, you can already tell him that I don't want your email. But I just say that nicely because I have an email just called trash at AaronBurton.me. Just for all those kind of things. When people ask me, I'm like, yeah, just email me, trash at AaronBurton.me. So I was like, I told him my, I told him the, my email address, and I was like, you just, you just email me that stuff, and I'll do it. And then I watch as he walks back to his car. He gets in his car. It's an old beat-up car, kind of duct tape held together. Ah, that dumb car never starts. Comes back. You got any jumper cables? He comes back. Now, I'm not saying you have to have a nice car. I'm not saying anything. But let me ask you this: If someone tells you they're making hundreds of thousand dollars a year on this awesome product that everybody needs to sell, and they'll be like you, and they're driving a car. This how they does it by duct tape and doesn't work. Does that assure me? Oh, yeah, this is, this is the business I need to get into. Yeah, yes, I see it. You have been so successful. 
Now, I'm not saying you need to drive a Lamborghini with it, but I'm just saying if you can't even get your car to start <laughs> and you can't even afford a battery, then I don't know if your product is sure. See, this is what happens a lot of times to teenagers, as young people. We jump in on everything. Hey, this is going to be a good time. Oh, what? Oh, a good time? Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about a good time. This is going to be fun. Oh, yeah, I'm all about fun. And we're not ever assured. Hey, what is this going to do in my life? If I make this decision today, am I assured that I'm going to be in a good spot? Hey, if I start drinking alcohol, we'll use alcohol as an illustration. If I do take this drink at this party, am I assured? Do I know that my life is going to turn out the way I really want it for God? You know what? Then I better not. See, Paul tells Timothy, there's some lessons learned. Go ahead and learn the lessons in life and apply them to your life. Second thing is, things that you're assured of. Hey, you know what? I, got, I don't know if you're here. I've never seen anybody do this and their life turn out the way it's supposed to be. So you know what? I'm going to stay away from that. He says, I want you to know the lessons and then to be assured. Can I tell you guys this? Again, you take this to every decision you make in your life. What have I learned from the Word of God and am I assured that this is going to be profitable for me in my life? Everything you learn in life. Hey, when I go to college, what have I learned from the principles of the Word of God and I am assured by making this decision that God's going to take me, uh, I'm going to live the life God called me to do. And third thing he says here. He says, lessons with examples. So you learn some things, you can be assured of some things, but then he says, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Knowing means perceiving and to be aware. He says, be aware of those people who've taught you these lessons. Pay attention to it real quick and we'll be done. In our lives, I want you to be, number one, take the lessons. I want you to be assured. Hey, this is going to be what God wants me to do. I'm sure of it. Before I move, I'm assured. I continue. And what God's coming to the third thing is, look at the people that are giving, teaching you these lessons. Can I say this? If right now, me and my wife were struggling with our marriage, and I went and I said, hey, I'm going to go look for a guy to counsel us, me and my wife, because we're struggling. And someone says, hey, you should go to Dr. So-and-so. He's a great guy. You should go to him. I'm not going to sit down in his office. And he starts talking and giving me that I believe to be counsel. And he says, well, you know what? I know from experience. I've been married five times. You know what I'm going to say? Whoa, whoa, I'm in the wrong spot, baby. This is not where I need to be. And he starts giving me counsel. Why? Because I'm looking at the example of the person telling me. Hey, you're telling me about how I'm supposed to get my marriage and you're on your fifth? I mean, I'm sure you have some experience and stuff, but I want to go sit down with a person who's been married 60 years and has been together with their wife and only their wife for 60 years and then sit and say, well, this is how we made it. The same thing in our lives. Paul says, I want you to know the lessons that you've been assured of, Knowing whom thou hast learned. Now, as Timothy is a young pastor, can you imagine Timothy as a young pastor getting advice from the Apostle Paul? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Paul says, Timothy, don't be afraid. God has not given us the spirit of fear and of power and sound love. Timothy can look down at that paper, reading that from the Apostle Paul, and say, oh yeah, <laughs> that's from Paul. 
he got thrown off the ship and floated there for days. And he got back out and started preaching the gospel. <laughs> I guess I just need to go ahead and man up and go for it. Oh, well, Paul said, persecution is going to come. And he says, oh, yeah, that came from Paul because Paul, like we talked about last week, got stoned, drove outside the city, got back up and said, hey, there's still people in that city that I need to go tell about Jesus Christ. Oh, I think I can take advice from him. Can I tell you something, guys? And I'm just being bottom of the road, transparent as I can. There's a lot of people we let influence us that we look at their example, they're nothing we should want to be. Can I tell you guys, and I, I say this, can I throw it out there? I'm a Kobe Bryant fan. I like the way Kobe Bryant plays basketball, and I always have since he came in the NBA. Since he was a rookie, I was a Kobe Bryant fan. You can hate me for it, whatever. I dig it. But when I look at Kobe Bryant, and I remember the day that Kobe Bryant got accused of rape and cheating on his wife and everything else. And you know what? It really put a light on my head. You know what? The people that I allow to influence me, the people that I allow to have influence on me in my life, I'm not assured. I'm not learning anything that would help me. And Paul says, Timothy, I want you to know this. In every area of your life, this is how you live the Christian life. Number one, you take the lessons made from Scripture. If you learn from the Word of God, if you have lessons in your life, you've seen what does not work, you go and take that lesson and apply it to your life. And secondly, if you're assured, hey, I know this works. I know this is the path that God wants me to travel. I understand this. He said, look at the people you're learning from. Look at the people you're learning from. I can tell you that most of the people right now, when I went back home from North Carolina for Christmas, the two men that I would say have the most influence on my life as a teenager, his name's Mike Dulac and Milton Gatlin. And I've talked to both of them. They've been through hard times. Brother Gatlin had a time where he thought he was going to lose both of his eyes. Both of them. And I talked to Brother Gatlin. He can hardly see. And I talked to him, and he's so excited. He loves the Lord. You know, when I look at my life, and I say, you know what? I really want to serve God. I can say I would like to be like Milton Gatlin one day. Mike Dulac. He didn't, he didn't get paid to do uh, his youth director job. He did it because he loved teenagers. He would come pick me up, like I told you guys many times. He'd come pick me up. I lived way away from the church. He would drive. He lived right by, he lived right by the church. He would drive, pick me up take me to visitation, to go visit the bus route, and then he'd go buy me lunch, and he'd take me home. And I can tell you that probably there were some days I didn't say ten words to him because I was just a quiet kid. I would just get in and sit in the car and shut the door. But you know, he made an impact in my life. And I can look at his life today. He has a wonderful family. He's still serving the Lord. Paul says this, hey, look at the lessons. Grab the lessons you learn, and then be assured of somebody, and then look at the people who are teaching you those things. And how their life is going. Can I tell you guys that if someone on television is trying to teach you how to love your wife or how to, well, let's back up, how to date who has 50 million boyfriends and sleeping with everything underneath the, the sun? Can I just be frank with you? Don't find out how to build a relationship from them. Find out from someone in the church who's been married for a long time and say, hey, I would love to have a marriage like yours one day. Marriage with whom I was learned them. And too many times, we let the wrong people influence us. And then when it comes time for us to step out and make a decision, well, so-and-so does this, so-and-so does this, where are they at right now? 
I'm not saying you can't learn a lesson, because I already said that earlier, you can learn a lesson from anybody. But sometimes it's a lesson that, you know what, this doesn't work. So I want you to mark this down for every aspect of your life. Number one, take the lessons learned from the Word of God. Continue down the things which thou hast learned. Secondly, I've been assured of. You know what? I know that right now, coming to Trinity Baptist Church, if I keep doing and try to be faithful to God, where I know that if I read my Bible every day in prayer, I can be assured that my life will end up where God wants me to be. Hey, continue those things that you're assured of, knowing if you learned them. Hey, if it didn't work for them, why are you going to model your life after that? Why are you going to follow that direction? Three things I guarantee you. That will change your life if you just take Paul's advice to Timothy. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Timothy, mark it down. Just continue. 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 To do what you know to be right. He said, you can worry about the evil men and seducers. You can worry about the last days. But Timothy, I just want you to continue what I told you to do. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Lord, I thank you so much for your word. And Lord, we need your help. Lord, I need your help. Lord, I want to continue. Lord, in the things that I've learned, Lord, in the things that I've been assured of, Lord, knowing of whom I've learned. And Lord, I want the same thing for these young people, God. And God, I desire for me, Lord, I desire for our sponsors, Lord, to be people, Lord, that we can teach these young people how to, that we ought to live. Lord, and that one day, Lord, we would be the people that they can model their lives after. But then, God, I pray that you would help us to learn the lessons, Lord, from your word. And, Lord, to see things in life, give us discernment in every aspect. God, I need your help, and Lord, these young people need your help. Lord, help us to be assured of some things. God, help us not to be, as James said, tossed about with every wind of doctrine, Lord, everything that comes. Oh, this looks fun. This looks like it's going to be a good time. God, would you help us to be assured of some things. And then, God, help us to find good examples and follow those people. God, we need your help so badly in every aspect of our lives and our ministry. We love you. We need your help. And God, we'll be quick to thank you for everything that you'll do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.